blast off. Unlike Can I tell Elon's you? big rocket. <laughs> Do you think Elon has a small rocket, really? <laughs> I don't know. There's a, you, he does seem to be compensating for something. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to. I was saving it till I pressed record to tell you about my drink-induced injury. Oh God! Nothing as boring as people's drink injuries. Listen, don't be so prejudging them. Yes, I do it all the time. That course at the BBC, like unconscious bias. That's it. Oh, That's okay. what you did to me there. <laughs> no, I was. I was very consciously biased. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. That's just dandy. I sliced my finger by trying to open a fake Aperol bottle. Yeah, very junk. A fake Aperol. I mean, Aperol's fake Campari anyway. So that's like fake, fake Campari. Yep, and it's got iced tea with it because I've run out of cider. Aperol and iced tea. Yep. No, it's not Aperol. It's Apertini. <laughs> oh god at least i didn't call it ampari <laughs> well it wouldn't have lived up to that i've got to say how are you i'm fine thank you and i have been interviewed for an article would you believe you're full of mirth was the interview fun it, it was actually. I spoke to a guy called James Rampton, who's a um, reporter with the Sunday Express, and we were talking about a, a program that I did. I took part in uh, last year that's being broadcast uh, on Sky History soon. I'll talk about it in a minute. But no, he was really good. He was lots of fun. We had a good, good old chin wag. Um, the the show is all about various heists um, that have taken place. One of the one of the ones in the UK that I was uh, interviewed about was one that took place in Baker Street in the 1970s. And it's a great, great story. It was turned into a film. And we, we, we can chat a little bit about this later if you want to. But yeah, so I've been interviewed. The show is this actually is on. This is so... Do you, what, the way you're talking is so when somebody goes on someone's radio program to plug their book. I'm being you're really showbiz. Like I'm trying to be really show busy about it. Does it sound Oh, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you everyone about this thing I'm trying to plug shortly. Oh, well, they'll switch off for that, won't they? <laughs> Does it sound a bit like Scott Mills or something? (laughs) (laughs) It's like every single guest on every afternoon radio show you've ever heard. (laughs) Brilliant. Okay. (laughs) Although you're not like that about your book, which is quite weird. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I was kind of pleased with my book. I, I like my book. It just stands on its own two feet. It doesn't need to be plugged. That's really good of you because anyone who's written a, what's that show? Anyone ever written a book ever? <laughs> yeah. Um, it goes on about it all the time and they're like, oh, 10 years later, they're still going, oh, you can buy five on Kindle. And you're like, who the fuck has a Kindle? Yeah. And who wants to buy your fucking book? Yeah, quite. <laughs> in that, in the other order. Yeah. Well, no, you're absolutely right. I agree with that completely. You are, you, you are correct. I'd oh. buy your book, I think. You read it. Do you have, have you actually read it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's nice of you. Thank you. But then... I mean, it's probably about, I don't know, seven or eight hours of your life you'll never get back. But fair play to you. Oh, you're being a bit harsh on yourself. It was quite good because it it was... I wanted to see, like, what you'd been spending all that time pretending (laughs) you were doing. (laughs) Well, apparently it turns out I wasn't pretending. I was actually doing. So, you're Ben Ando and I'm Victoria Mitzi. Victoria Mitzi. What podcasts were made for. We're both journalists, sort of, used to be. Mm. And we're here now doing true crime, sort of, with a touch of humour. So if you don't like that and you don't like quite upsetting things, then go away. Or fuck off. 
fuck you very much. <laughs> fuck you very much. I thought that was a great book title, by the way. Oh, what's your, book, your great book title? Fuck you very much. Yeah, I'd buy that book. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you'd, you'd have to reach right to the very top shelf because I suspect they wouldn't be able to display it in most bookshops. Um, the guest that I am having to bring you to reel you in for to replace because they can't make it till later in the week said, okay, and you might be able to guess because he's been on the podcast before. He said he wishes he had a fuck you button. And I was like, I think I've got one. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you button. So how great is that? He's very welcome on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Who is the it? The surprise guest. Oh, surprise I've got to, I'm gonna, oh, okay. But I'll tell you, Ben. Can you hear the dog binging the door thing? You know, the boing, boing, no. door, door thing. I can't going, hear the boing, dog binging the boing. boing thing. So Ben used to be a like, big shot more journalist than me. And I'm a small fry, but I still keep doing things sometimes. I, I think I describe myself as a modestly sized shot. I think big shot's pushing it a bit far. Can you not hear that? Yeah, I could hear it then. I don't know. You were. I remember you used to get cross that you went on the news at ten enough. You used to. You used to. Oh yeah, I well, never I, went I, on the I, news at ten. I, I mean, well, I mean, every sort of hack ever is going to say, "Oh, I'm not on enough." I mean, that's just what hacks do, isn't it? Yeah, but it was like you sort of have to pretend that you don't care. Um, do you? I think you'd be fairly brazen that you do care, can't you? Maybe not. <laughs> This is going This is going to drive the podcast mental. Okay, what have we got coming up this week? Because I got sent something in by a listener who does more research than I do. So thanks very much. <laughs> you know who you are. I really appreciate this because you, you find really good stuff. Family of woman Levi Belfield claims to have murdered, say Met failed them. Come on, you can't buy everything. <laughs> yeah, um, want to bet? So why were we interested in this, Ben? Uh... Well, I mean, I think it's really interesting. Well, obviously, you know, Levi Belfield is somebody we've, we've spoken about a lot. And this is um, a, a story that is um, really fascinating. And it doesn't put the police in a very good light at all. And I'd be really interested to hear what uh, our old friend Colin Sutton's got to say about it, to be honest. We both thought the same thing on that. You know, he um, obviously did you know, catch Levi Belfield, um, who was convicted of murdering three uh, young women, including uh, Millie Dowler. And now this family of a a young woman who was 19 called Elizabeth Chow, who disappeared in 1999, which is, of course, three years before the first murder for which Levi Belfield has been convicted, say that... um, the police have not taken seriously a signed and written confession that Belfield has made to the kidnap, rape, and murder of uh, their daughter, uh, their, 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 their daughter Elizabeth Chow, in 1999. Now, uh, Elizabeth Chow was a student at Thames Valley University, and she went missing in April 1999. And uh, the police, uh, the family say, didn't tell them of Belfield's conviction, which was first made verbally in October of last year. And instead, they were informed by a prison visitor last month who told the Chow family out of frustration with um, alleged police inaction. So um, so let's talk about Elizabeth Chow. She um, disappeared. Um, well, she left her home in West Ealing uh, on the 16th of April around about noon to attend college at Thames Valley University. She was last seen by a friend at about 10 to 6 uh, on Ealing Broadway and and then wasn't seen again. 
Now, Belfield has apparently told the police there is a, a West London site where he says uh, her body was hidden after the murder and has offered to show detectives the exact spot. Uh, and of course, you know, if at the time this had been investigated or the, the finger had pointed at Levi Belfield, it may well be that he could have been taken off the streets and hadn't carried out the subsequent killings he did. Uh, but obviously that's a hugely moot point. Um, the point is that uh, the family are very unhappy that it's taken the police seven months to apparently do anything. Now, next week, uh, I understand the police are going to talk to Belfield and interview him formally about what he is now claiming uh, that he is responsible for um, the, the kidnap, rape and murder of Elizabeth Chow. So they're saying that the police have failed them and there's a race element, well, the Guardian's reporting, in you, that failure. Yes, so um, the Chow family are originally from Vietnam, but Chow, Elizabeth Chow herself, was born in the UK. Her sister, Bic Hang, told the Guardian newspaper, from the beginning to now, the police have failed us. Since October 2022, the police have known that a serial killer is willing to confess to Elizabeth's abduction and murder and tell them where he buried her. And I think from the family's point of view, that is absolutely the crucial thing. And then she she continues, a big hang continues, yet again, there has been no police action until a third party came to us and we raised, raised the alarm. Their lack of care is utterly shocking and traumatising. We have felt ignored and dismissed because of our race and because of Elizabeth's gender. And if it's not just that, it's also the fact that this man is constantly confessing and then taking things back and doing what um, the Moore's murderers were doing, trying to control people through yeah. making these false allegations and confessions. That's a very good point. And then mucking around with people. Yeah, I mean, that is a really, really good point. And I totally get um, that the police are always going to take anything that Levi Belfield says with a massive pinch of salt. After all, he stood up in court and swore blind that he wasn't responsible for murders of which he has been convicted and which I think pretty much everybody in the court was pretty sure, pretty certain, in fact, that he had carried out. So anything he says obviously is going to be taken with a with a lot of scepticism. And on top of that, you know, he is in prison now for the rest of his life. It's quite clear that he is a bit of an attention whore. It's quite clear that he wants people to talk about him, to be interested in him, to take notice of him. And this kind of leaching out drip 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 bits of information is the kind of thing that i think he thinks as you say gives him some kind of control over his environment of his surroundings because otherwise no fuckers interested him at all let him rot in jail is what most people would would say um and yeah a lot of criminals are quite pathetic and you're right they are attention whores and that's part of the reason why they feel the need to dominate vulnerable people sure absolutely but I suppose, you know, you have to look at that and then you think, but is that trumped by the absolute right of the Chow family in particular to have some kind of a of an answer as to what happened to their to their to, to Elizabeth? I mean, her brother, Min Vu, has said in the newspaper interview, um, we remember Elizabeth every single day. Not a day passes where we don't hope she will come back home. Our pain does not leave us but has been doubled by police in action. Why are the police so indifferent to Elizabeth's tragedy and why don't they care about our loss? I think the dog agrees with you. <laughs> he does. She does, sorry, she does. I don't know. I don't know if we should... Um, we should possibly cut it short if that's OK with you. 
hey, listen, I want to tell you something important. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I just say about that Belfield stuff? I was in West Ealing at the same time as Elizabeth Chow, and I transferred my degree to do part of it over at Thames Valley University. I took some credits over at exactly the same time. I also went to the car pound that I am 99% sure that Levi Belfield was working at because it was all the same area that I was living and studying in. And I graduated in 1999. Wow. Okay. So that's a bit of a link there for you. I thought you studied at Brighton. Hey, I'm going to Brighton on Friday. I did. I studied at Sussex, but I transferred to finish the degree quicker so I didn't have to do my year abroad. Uh-huh. Oh, fair enough. Oh, God, why would you want to miss your year abroad? That's the best bit. Well, I did my year abroad, was my argument, and they wouldn't credit me with it, so I just went and did Fucking it bastards. Else. Yeah, fuck them, hey. Yeah, I said, arschloch. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> what, are you going to Brighton, did you say? Are you going to be gay? I'm going. I'm, going, I'm packing my leather hot pants and my... Um... <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my my jeans with the ass cut out and I'm going absolutely yeah. <laughs> that that's conscious bias <laughs> yes it is as well um okay thanks for the interactions and thanks to everyone who's joined in with this and we'd rather that you had a pod than no pod aren't you lucky oh you didn't let me finish at gmail.com because I gave it wrong. I gave the email address wrong last week. Did anyone Moron. notice? You didn't let me finish. <laughs> so podcast. Shit. Don't forget the podcast bit at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, we eventually look at each and every single one. And thank you for your interactions. And thank you for your listening, wherever you may be. Yarp. All right. Bye. Toodle pip. Bye. Bye. Bye.